Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? ready. All right. It is going down this Saturday night. Um, we have a very special guest uh, who flew in from a far land. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Phil Evans in studio. Um, you guys have heard his story, I think. We labeled it on YouTube. It's called um, A Story of a Whosoever, was it? Do you remember that? I remember. Look up Phil Evans, A Story of a Whosoever, I believe. From a land down under. From a land down under, (laughs) mate. Uh, He's down from Australia, and um, from Sydney, Australia, actually. And his story is uh, incredible. I remember interviewing you um, a couple years ago. It was before COVID, so it had to be a couple years ago. You kind of mark everything with COVID Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. It was right before Uh, COVID. Pre-COVID, pre-COVID. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a very powerful story of how you grew up with, uh, with, with not a father figure around. Um, but you guys have to go listen to it, but he's out here now and, um, from Australia, just flew in 14 hours, left in the morning and landed in the morning. And that is the worst flight because you're delirious because you haven't slept because you've been up all day. And here we are in the studio, fresh. <laughs> Going for it. <laughs> Thanks for being on the, the, the radio. Um, oh, with joining us. We're homies. You, 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 know, you have uh, ran the Whosoever's movement down in Australia, uh, Sydney, with, with Jason down in um, – he's down in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, and we've toured, toured Australia several times and – had some really awesome experiences with you. Uh, I took my uh, wife Crystal down there. We met up with your wife Cassie, Cassie, right? Cassie, Cassie, yeah, yeah Cassie, and your and your and your kids. And uh, you've just awesome, you know, you've just been a blessing, honestly, to us and our family. We we just fell in love with your family right when we met you with me and Crystal. You were just like, come to our house. And we were delirious, and you're like, just sleep there in that room over there. And we were just like, man, they were just so inviting, and we just became really good friends at that mm-hmm. that first tour and ever since and now today's this conversation you uh you are on a journey as as we all are but you're on a you're stepping out by faith this this the show's about stepping out by faith and i wanted to get you in the studio because i legitly just wanted to hear um what's going on and where god's leading you and because i believe your story is going to encourage a lot of people because there's a lot of people right now that are in a place where they're stagnant they they're comfortable but they feel like there's more, you know, there's more that God has for them. But, you know, God can't necessarily move sometimes until you, you, you step out by faith or the scripture says walk by faith. It doesn't say sit by faith, right? Mm-hmm. There's a time to pray fast. You know, you're always in the word asking for direction. But then God wants you to actually uh, move just like Moses. You know, think about that story with Moses is, you know, we know that, you know, he grew up with in, in, in Egypt under the rule of Pharaoh and knew the, the law of the land, of, of, the, of the Egyptian land, the secular world, if you will. And then he went out to be, become a farmer or take care of actually sheep and stuff, more of like a, what do you call them? A sh- uh, shepherd. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I just got off the plane. Uh, a shepherd for 40 years in training for something new. But then God tells him, go, go uh, deliver the nation of Israel. But if he would have just stayed there in that being a shepherd in, mm-hmm. in the wilderness and he would have never stepped out by faith to go and he was scared to do it. But if he would have never stepped out to go, then he would have never been used to deliver the nation of Israel um, 
from Egypt. And here you are, you are a shepherd because you are a pastor of a church for many, many years. Um, uh, Hawkberry, right? Hawkesbury. Hawkesbury. I, I always mess up the names of everything. But you were a pastor for how many years have you been there? Uh, I was a senior pastor there for seven years. Yeah, senior, senior pastor. pastor. That for, yeah, I don't know, years before that was... Youth pastor, and it's the church where I got saved. So, so, yeah. so, how many years total have you been there? So, seven uh, years, twenty years, twenty, 20 years, just sort of twenty years. Yeah. See, just under forty. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. So, so what's um, so what's going on with you right now? You, you've been you've been teaching there, and yeah. where, where are you at uh, in your yeah. life right now? What's God doing? Yeah. So yeah, last time I was here, yeah, just before COVID, unpacked a fair bit of my story, both in my life and in ministry, and so. Um, but yeah, nearly three years on, uh, in May of this year, we, we finished up um, as I finished up as the senior pastor there. And uh, there's so much to it, it's hard to kind of nail down exactly where to go. And I've chatted a bit with you boys about it. But um, well, let's just walk through the process yeah, for that yeah. hour. I think the uh, sort of the catalyst early on was a real shift in um, just just first of all, just I'd start started. Starting my devotional time, just simply saying, "Jesus, I'm here." Right, um, and it sounds pretty simple and straightforward, but but just that idea of just really being present with God, rather than going through the motions of, um, of you know, reading the Word and trying to get something for the next next teaching or whatever it might be, and, and yeah. you know, you guys know what that's like. And um, but just started to go, "Jesus, I'm here," and um, and having that time of just silence and solitude before God, and and um, and that idea of sitting with Jesus, you know, kind of is a threefold, I think, expression of, of submission in the sense that, you know, we sit just simply being with him, like mm. just, just simply as we are. And, and you know, the, the image of the, the thief on the cross who said, just remember me. Like he had nothing to offer. He had nothing of you know, any substance except I deserve to be here. You don't remember me. And so just that simple sense of just being and being loved mm-hmm. in, in that place mm-hmm. without the doing, without the achieving and the accomplishing. And, and then... Because um, that you feel like sometimes like, like that gives you your worth and your values oh, by, sure. by yeah. well, I, I'm, I'm doing this for God, I'm doing that for God. Yeah. And now here you are in that simple place going, here I am. Yeah. Um, and so, and then, and then learning to listen, you know, Samuel as a young boy, here I am, Lord. Um, Oh, sorry, um, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Um, in the temple as a young boy, again, that image of just, just sitting and waiting and then ultimately being ready to go. Yeah. Um, Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. Right. You know, so there was a kind of a big restructuring over the last couple of years just in, in my prayer life, and that was awesome. Uh, and then, uh, but Casey and I, we'd been seeking God and praying and, and, and working through a bunch of things. And, and the overarching sort of theme for us was around uh, we want to live from a place of kingdom and uh, king, kingdom submission, not personal ambition. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of some phrasing that we sort of started to to process and pray through. And and you know, even looking around me and, and seeing peers in ministry who were just who were just fading out. Mm-hmm. The um, you know they'll they'll stepping out on their wives. You know all this sort of stuff, like just all sorts of things. Just going there's something there's something wrong here. And um, and just really seeing the contrast between 
the career path of ministry mm-hmm. and just fully submitting to God. And um, and that was that was that was really big for me because what I've done in stepping out isn't a good career move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, you know and um and so yeah, so you step out in a place of submission rather than ambition and, and our ambition ambition's not a bad thing if the end game is to honour God. Mm-hmm. But often I found as I, I looked at peers in ministry and stuff, their ambition was about ourselves and, Self. and you know, and, and building a career and building whatever it might a be. Name, and a career, I just don't I just a, a big ministry, yeah. yeah. Even um yeah, I just just couldn't care less. Like to be honest, I'm just like I just want to live a life of submission and and you know, Psalm nineteen says um, you know, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart please you, my Lord, my rock, my redeemer. And I hear that, and you know, there was a, I just I was praying that last year. Going, I just that's all I want. Hmm. You know, that is all I want. And um, and so it started this sort of like this sort of onion peeling thing. You know, like onions have layers. I learned that from Shrek. Um, yeah. But you know, like just this this unfolding of a real sense of some of the things that God wanted to, to really minister to us in and then also just coming to a place of being okay with how God has made and equipped me. I think we can spend a lot of time walking in, you know, similar to, you know, when Saul gave David his armour and, and it's like this just doesn't fit and I feel like there was a there was a season where, you know, I I put on an armor and I'm just like I can I can fight a battle on this I can do some stuff but I just mm-hmm. isn't a fit and just being recognized some of those unique ways that God has, has shaped and called me some of the experiences and the people that God has called us to as a family and, and where we really come alive and um, you know the, a lot of time the modern expectation of a pastor is almost like a, a CEO. And I push back on that. Now, church is such a beautiful community, and there's so much room for me to uh, to push back on that. But at the end of the day, you've got to run this big organization, and I'm just, I just want to be where people are meeting Jesus, yeah. you know. And and that was that defined the first ten years of my life as a Christian in ministry. Um, and so, so that kind of yeah set set this whole thing in motion, yeah. and just really just didn't make sense and I was pushing back and fighting it and just, you know, and, you know, you and me, Ryan, we talked a lot about yeah. it. I reached out to you and we, you know, just because, yeah, I wanted that wise counsel um, and, but just so grateful to God, you know, like the end of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, you know, Paul signs off and says, um, the one who has called you is faithful to the end and it's like, I'm just holding on to that and it was really cool actually right before I got on the plane, my little brother sent me that verse, and it's one I've been holding on to for really? like 12 months. Awesome. I, I was, I was, to I was just going to ask you, yeah. like, well, like, during this process, has there been any signs? Like, has God confirmed with, with anything? And here you go. Yeah. You just dropped the verse, yeah, which yeah. that's the one you've been holding on to. Yeah, and, and then he's he like, just sent Bing. it. Yeah. But he's, um, he's a bit of a hipster, so he sent it in, in um, the Greek. message. No, no in Greek. <laughs> oh, oh, Greek. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so that's it, yeah. It's just kind of <laughs> I had to go. I had to Google it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's it's scary, and you know, there's these four things that God's shown me, which I'm which I'm happy to share. But um, 
Yeah, this is this is kind of where we're at uh, in this this place. You know, you mentioned Moses in the in the wilderness, and and you know, I, I preached a series last year, and part of it was it was it was in the Gospels, but part of it was this idea of choosing the wilderness, mm. and how hmm. you know we as Christians run in in Western Christianity, we run from the wilderness. It's hard, it's lonely, it's dry, it's all these things. But then when we see whether it's Abraham, you know, when Abraham first gets called. Um, towards a promised land, like he's walking along the river, but then God calls him into the wilderness and he's got to choose to go away from where, mm-hmm. you know, everything's sustainable. That's how they lived yeah. back then, along the river. Right. Like they couldn't, and then he chose to go through the wilderness. See, with the, you know, with the Egyptians, uh, with the Israelites coming out of Egypt, in order for them to be set free, where did they have to go? The wilderness. Now, they didn't have to go there for as long as they did. Right. But, you know, uh, and then Jesus, like, we, we don't like that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, the wilderness to be tempted. Like that, that, that doesn't, that we might have that as a theological idea, but in the way that we want to live out and practice our faith, I don't think, we, I don't think we're about that. So there's this, there's this core conviction in me that I think the seasons as, as followers of Jesus where we've got to actively choose the wilderness. So it doesn't mean you turn your life upside down like I have. Uh, <laughs> it might mean that. Yeah, but like those, those that what is that place where mm-hmm. all we do is completely yeah. trust God and, and and allow His Spirit to minister. I love it, you know, after Jesus in the in the desert and and you know he gets tempted by Satan, all the things of the world that, that we're all tempted by, and then you know just the angels came and just ministered to him, mm-hmm. and and that image is um, it's it's just so rich, you know, so. We're, we're in that wilderness. What you're, what, what you're saying uh, that you and Casey came up with? What was what was the what was it? Um, we want to live from uh, we want to live with kingdom uh, from a place of kingdom submission, not personal Com- ambition. Kingdom submission versus not personal, personal ambition. ambition. Yeah. Very very yeah. good. I I really love that a lot, and I think that um, definitely that's a that's a great place just for ministry people in ministry and even like people that are listening right now like. It's so easy to get caught up in ambition. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's 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 the shiny objects. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah. And that's what God's doing a sifting into the church worldwide right now. Yeah. You know, like the church has gotten hammered, but probably in a good way. There's a lot of stuff that's come out, particularly in, in Australia with significant churches that are really shaped Tell me so it. much. Oh, I just you know, there's obviously a significant church in our country that's now around the world and yeah. you know, around the corner from us and there's there's just been a been, been a, a sh- real shift. And, how, how and is that out there? Thing. What's going on with uh, with uh, it's Hillsong? What's what's yeah. going on with them right now out there? Is there, is there a shift in 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 the church uh, in Australia? Because yeah, I going- think I think I think you know it's been a badge of honor for everyone. Yeah. For many years in Australia, like yeah. it's been a significant mm-hmm. um, thing to come out of. You know, only twenty minutes up the road from where we are, yeah. um, and. And they've done amazing, beautiful things in, in our nation around the world. And but there's there's also some stuff that obviously, mm. you know, God's bringing mm. to account. And and, and I, but I don't think it's just that. I think it's across. I think it could be a church of twenty people. And well, I've exa- seen that happen. Exactly. It's not. It's we're not pointing at, no, at no. Hillsong. I, I was talking to my dad this morning at breakfast, yeah. and we were just talking about how there is a because we were just looking at the signs of the times and what's going on with the church and just the culture and everything. And my dad's like, dude, there's a sifting going on yeah. uh, in the church. Yeah. Uh, uh, with pastors and, and leadership, and he's really seeing. My dad, I think if I quote him right, he was just saying he's shaking and seeing yeah. who's are his, yeah. 
And who's going to be scared yeah. to preach the truth yeah. and stand for what's righteousness or who's just going to go along yeah. with whatever. Yeah. And, and those churches are being sifted. And you can yeah. see churches emptying and churches – the ones that are standing yeah. for the word are growing. Yeah. And the ones that are just playing games, yeah. there's just stuff coming out. Yeah. You know. You know, it, it's – you bring up that – you said selfish ambition, right? Pers- well, personal personal ambition. Personal. So yeah. there's um, – in Allsworth Sanders, uh, it's a leadership book. Uh, dude, we've gone through it so many times, but that's one of the chapters is on selfish ambition. That's what it's pinned there because you have to be ambitious, right? Be a visionary and, and a lot of stuff, but yeah. it needs to be like sanctified. It needs to yeah. make sure that it's not you trying to put your name in lights and doing all these things that are self-motivated uh, where it's something that's really where God's leading. And sometimes in ministry, if you're not careful – those lines are getting blurred, um, and you have to really check your heart. Like, is this something that God's really leading us to do? Um, because before you know it, before you just start building upon something that is not a solid foundation. Um, and before you know it, you get discouraged with this, you get discouraged with that. Um, but when you're being led by the Spirit of God, then He takes care of the results, and you walk in humility in, in all of that, and, and God gets the glory. Um, and so, and that's why you have to kind of, you do have to reflect on your life. You got to reflect on your ministry. Is this where God has me? I don't want to just go through the motions of things. Uh, you see the error of, of certain things, and there's lessons to learn from this ministry, or lessons to learn from other people like closer to us that have gone before us, and just finding what that that niche is for us. I think the important thing is also knowing who you are as the man that God's called you to be and not trying to be something that you're not. I think one of the dangers that people do is they see that that pastor online or they see this ministry person online, like, I want to be him. Well, you, you, we're different, you know? Um, your wife is different, probably, than that person. Your, your children, your lifestyle, like... Um, and when tra- people try to emulate something that they're not, that's where they get themselves into problems. And that's like, you got to know your own home. You got to know your wife. You got to know your children. Like where God's leading your family, where God's called you in ministry. Because when you find that that sweet spot, you're gonna have the peace of God. Yeah. When it when it's not there, you might be doing all these things in the outward. They might God can even use those things too. But he it uses might, donkeys. Yeah, it, it just might donkey, not. He can, he can use right, it, but but I think it is wise to like kind of reassess and be like, okay, maybe this is a season. You know what? Maybe I went off left here, right here, or I'm just think that God has a different calling in my life. You got to be sensitive. That's and that's all about hearing God's voice. And yeah. you're you're wearing the shirt right now. the The back of your shirt says, "Thy will be done." Yeah. And that's that place where you're at is just going going back to the basically the basics. It's it's so interesting that you're saying this stuff because, you know, I literally I've been in a season right now where I feel like I'm in the same kind of kind of place right now. I'm just going like, we're like, what's this next season look? Like? I don't want to keep pushing mm. like. Well, we've, it's like, you know, like that saying, we've always done it like this. Well, I've always done ministry like this. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to stay at the church and be a pastor like, mm-hmm. you're, like yeah. what you were doing. But you're like, mm-hmm. no, I want something new. What, like, what are you doing now, yeah. this new season? But you got to go back to that basics and just let God take you on this journey and, and find out uh, where you're at. Uh, I've, I've been up in, um, I'm in Boise, Idaho right now, and I've been there for six months. And I was there since December, and I've been telling my wife, like, God told us to go there for a season. And we're there, and I'm like, I'm not trying to connect with anybody. Mm-hmm. I haven't reached out to any churches or anyone. I'm just kind of like going to church. We're, we're visiting all the different Calvary chapels. 
and just I don't know fishing and, and skateboarding and really not you know just kind of between my tours just kind of hanging out and doing whatever, but really haven't pursued anything. And I kind of feel like I'm in that you know John the Baptist he left the mega church and he went to the wilderness. Yeah, well. I'm kind of in the wilderness. I'm in the country. <laughs> we didn't even have Wi-Fi there. Uh, but I've just been sitting there waiting. And then after six months, I connected with uh, Calvary Boise just naturally. Like it just kind of happened with the, with the pastor there. And, and uh, now after about six months of just being there and not really pursuing anything, God kind of connected the dots. And now it looks like we're going to try to invade the whole – every school in the whole area. You know what I mean? But that was just kind of waiting. Not really having a plan, waiting for God to connect the dots. But that ambition is I could have went there and been like, hey, I'm running from the whosoevers. And we're here and we invade schools for a living. And that's what we do. So, come on, let's all get together. Let's go rally and go. But I was like, God, like, what do you want to do? And I feel like God's kind of opening these doors. And that's where we're at right now. But even with, you know, it's, it's always hard to always have that balance of like, what is of you, God? Versus, like, what's my ambition to do? Because you got you, you have that fire in you. You know what I mean? Because I know your heart personally. You're like, dude, I want to see people get saved. I want to see people get discipled. You have a love to preach, to teach. You are in the school system there in, in, in um, Australia, which is like, you're not even allowed to talk about God really in there. It's really liberal there in, in, in Australia. But I know what's inside of you, what God's doing with you and what you have. But now you're kind of going, okay, God, but what? You put all that in me, like Jeremiah says. You know, if I don't speak the word, the, the name of the Lord, it'll burn. His word burns in my heart. Yeah. I know you got that; it's yeah. in you. So now you're just going, okay, God. But what do you want to do now with me? And that is a that's a very hardcore place to be yeah. in your life, you know. And you, and you feel really misunderstood. Like if you get get vulnerable for a second, mm-hmm. like you feel. Like I feel, I feel intimidated by you, Sean, because you, you you're pushing on, man. And I go, do you sit there thinking, oh, I feel he's he's giving up on this? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's hard, and he's given yeah. up. Yeah. And I know I haven't because yeah. I fought tooth and nail, and I know that this is the the, the the giving up the safe space was for me to stay in that role, keep collecting that paper. That's the easy keep way. Keep my kids That's in a safe community, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I know that. My wife knows that. People close to me know, that. and I know you yeah. know that. Yeah. But every time I'm around a, a fellow yeah. pastor, I'm like, you know, they're just probably thinking this, this guy's piked, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I personally, so you've got to yeah. wrestle with all that as well because yeah. you're like, nah, this is just. I don't think no, you've no. given up. I think you've stepped it up. Yeah. This yeah, is, this is gnarly yeah. to, I mean, this is not giving up. Mm. The, you, the, you, you definitely not take the safe route, mm. you know, and that's. That's uh, yeah. so it's no, quite, the, quite quite the contrary. Well, that's me. the thing. It's like it's so easy to go through the motions, and I think that anybody that's done ministry and pastor leader can can know that sometimes those things happen. And so for us, like I know I've had to do that too. Like check heart and be like, you know, what does God have for me? And we have to all be sensitive to that because it's not we we get our, our the culture around this. People are like, or you do pastor or this what titles or whatever. Yeah. You just do ministry. Yeah. You know, you have a heart for people. It's like ministry doesn't end. It's just a different, it's different form of God's leading. I think we put things in the box, you know, because you go through those different things. I don't think there's anything wrong. Like, like if you, for me, like I have passions of like sports and athletics and stuff like that. Dude, if God leads me in, in that world, and but I, I hear what you're saying too, because sometimes people are like, well, this is the way we do it. This is the way yeah. you should do it. This is what it's you're set up for. Progression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and that's the thing that you got to really be careful of is is you're not trying to just go through the career pa- career path in ministry. Mm-hmm. And with with mo- uh, what's it called Western Christianity, it's so easy to fall into that career path. You know, you're a youth pastor, then you turn into the pastor, and then mm-hmm. this and that and whatever. But then you go look at these other churches in these third world countries like China. They're having these underground churches they could die or in in Africa yeah. or whatever. I mean. It's a it's a whole different way of of doing ministry, and that's I think that's always the the reason why we got to keep looking at the scriptures and build the model to what the the scripture says because Jesus has given us the model on how how to do ministry. But it's 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 a very interesting uh, place. This is uh to be this uh, this show is with uh, Phil Evans from Australia. He was a senior pastor out there. If you're just tuning in, and now he's taking a step of faith, step of faith, calling God. Telling them, hey, I'm just in a place of right now, just full surrender. Show me what you want to do. And now you're here. You just landed. So what is, what's the game plan now? So you're here in California. Why did you even come to California? And where are you going? Um, we came to California to hang out with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and just the plane comes through. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to, I'm actually on a bit of a kind of a retreat. Um, so I'm heading down to, to Tennessee for a week. What part of Tennessee? Um, Johnson City. So down at Maddie Montgomery's church down there. What? Oh, are you going there to meet yeah, up with yeah. them? Yeah. So he's so. that's that old school. Uh, it looks like an old school church, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw photos so of that. Yeah. So that's is he from Tennessee? Yeah. Oh, he's in Johnson City. He's not from there, but he's that's where he's planted the church. He planted the church just before COVID, and it's um, exploded. But I've just got a cabin on the lake in the woods. I'm yeah. just seeking God, and Sick. there's a there's an Aussie pastor who who went over there as well. Who I'm kind of connected with, and so yeah, just seeking God, and then going to continue that on it up in. I got a friend who's got a big farm up in Canada, and just mm. just just seeking God. Like so, we've done a lot of family time, and now it's just going okay, just to really consolidate a lot of what God's showing us. Mm-hmm. And and Case and I really felt that it was a right thing to do, just to for me to have that. And you know, a big part of this journey is. Is around fathering as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, early last year, you know, just just in journaling and stuff, just got that got the phrase that legacy comes from this fifteen years in terms mm-hmm. of my kids. We got yeah. kids the same age, Ryan. Right? Right. All our kids the same age, and you know, the next fifteen years is the most critical time of my life. My most important ministry is the next fifteen years, yeah. and um, you know, and so really just wanting to. Just, just be with God, connect with the Father, heart of God. A lot of what I shared about my story, um, a lot of the insecurities and things that come up are, are through that. And just mm-hmm. so, so yeah, it's just about setting time aside just to seek God, um, and uh, yeah, for what's next, but also just to be with God right now. Yeah. So no. I've got some rhythms set up each day, and I'm just going to um, sit in the woods and. See God, and then get some uh, wise counsel kind of interspersed in there, and some um, some good worship and that's community. Good. So this is very that's inspiring. Awesome. This is very inspiring for for everyone that's listening to do to to find to find time to be able to get away mm-hmm. and just focus. Because you know we get we get so caught up with oh, yeah. just family and just life and mm-hmm. just everything. Yeah. It's hard to really get that time to, to hear, especially when you're making those those big decisions, you know? Yeah. And and kudos to Casey. She's amazing. Like, just so releasing in that. And, yeah. You know. You just, need that. So. Awesome. Well, we're going to be um, going to a break really quick for about two minutes, but 
Um, I want to plug you guys into our uh, YouTube channel. And I messed up last time I was on the radio. It's it's what what is our YouTube channel? It's, is it Ryan Reese so, official? Yeah, yeah. So Ryan Reese YouTube. That's where you're going to find this show. Yeah. Um, there's some other some of your speaking stuff that's on there too. But on the Whosoever's YouTube, you can follow that as well. You have some of the tour videos that they've done. I know some movies that have dropped and stuff like that. So they do exclusive stuff on the Whosoever's, and they do more of the All show the and stuff show. of Ryan speaking and stuff. On yes, Ryan's. We, we split it recently, and we have some films out. So if you want to learn about the Great Commission uh, and see it in 2019, 2020 to 22, you'll see different videos. If uh, you want to see, remember that video of uh, Sonny Sandoval going on the trip with yeah. us. Because he was seeing all this cool stuff of ministry happening on tour. And he's like, dude, I want to go. I want to see this because he's been on tour. And I love he went on that trip. I, mm-hmm. I love to say it because he, uh, he went on that trip like uh, Sherlock Holmes. He was like investigating what is going on. And that moment when I called him out to pray for that person, he was like, no, dude, no, I don't want to. He was all shy. But then God did something awesome. Mm-hmm. And that really in- just increased his faith to, to – that God is alive and real. He knew it, mm-hmm. but t- that God is still moving mm-hmm. in power. So go check it out. Go to uh, the Whosoever's and watch some of our films and be encouraged. And uh, contact us. We'd love to come to your city. We'd love to come to your state. We were just in Utah. And, man, Utah was a crazy place, uh, you know, because it's all full of Mormons. And mm-hmm. the city where we, where we were in was uh, filled with 90 per- 98% Mormons. And they said it had the highest um, uh, teen suicide, wow. the highest... Uh, young pornography, the, like all these like huge statistics in this 98% Mormon town in, in, right outside of Salt Lake City. Crazy. So you look at religion, it looks all clean and nice from the outside, but the undertone of what, what's going on with statistics, it was brutal. But God showed up, and we've seen some awesome things happen as we uh, led people to the Lord and prayed for people. But um, yeah, check out the tour films on our YouTube, and we'll be back in two minutes right after the break. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show. Coming up, post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Over the past four years, an astounding 51,000 students from seven states, five countries, and 183 schools have responded to the gospel message because of the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour. Living in today's world gathers as much information in one day as a 15-year-old 80 years ago would have gathered in one full year. Do you realize the youth suicide rate is at an all-time high? Listen, in the next 24 hours in the USA alone, 1,439 teens will attempt suicide. Every 100 minutes, a teen takes their own life. 2,795 teenage girls will become pregnant and 15,006 teens will use drugs for the first time. The increasing amount of noise bombarding our students daily is destroying their minds and souls at an alarming rate. For this reason, the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour is a necessity. We are at the Kill the Noise Tour. We're in 
California right now and it's about to pop off. We're getting everyone ready. We're gonna pray. And then uh, basically the event's gonna start and we're gonna see all kinds of kids come to the Lord. It's gonna be sick. as many students as we possibly can with the message of the gospel. This is no easy task. We need kingdom builders like you to join us in this battle against the ever-increasing noise that surrounds the lives of these students. Please consider helping us expand this mission by partnering with the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour. Thank you for empowering future generations with us. We are back with Phil Evans in studio, fresh from Australia, a 14-hour flight, leaving in the morning and arriving in the morning. <laughs> Not so, just you arrive before you leave. You arrive before you leave. So you I left at 16... quarter past 11 in the morning on Wednesday, and I arrived at quarter past 8 in the morning on Wednesday. Oh, my God. Can you guys are 16 hours ahead so from us. Yeah, like that, yeah. So how is the future? Does it look bright? Oh, that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> He's fresh in from the future. Tell us about yeah. it. Um, all right, so this whole first half, man, we've you, we just been going through, like, your journey. Yeah. But now, let's see what God has given you to leave everyone with. What are the steps that people can take from on this journey from you? What has God showed you? Yeah. So there was, uh, over the last year, what I'd say is, I was actually going to bring it, I think it's over there. Want to get I'd, someone to grab it? Lucas, can you throw me that green book? Thanks, mate. Trust I'm very professional. Let's do um, it. See how we do it down under. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate. <laughs> but uh, what I'd say is, like, if there was ever any uh, encouragement for me in journaling, thank yep. you so much. Like, this this here was my journal from last year. And um, just, like, mm. like, page after page of just, just seeking God. And, you know, this is probably one of my most valuable possessions mm. now. You know, the old, if your house was burning down, what would you grab? Like, probably this. Wow. After my kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two of them, anyway. Um, um, but, but yeah, so God, over, over last year, me, me and my wife sat down at the end of, end of the year and we just kind of looked through the, our journals and we got to the point where it was like, either we don't believe that God is speaking to us, that we kind of discount 80% of... All of our time spent with God last year, you know, like just go, no, that wasn't God speaking, that was our own head. So basically saying all that time was a waste. Or we believe what we heard and we're in willful disobedience or we take a step of faith and go, okay, we're, we're out, we're stepping into something new. And that's what we ultimately did. But 
um, Casey's really good at clarifying. I'm quite scattered. I've got a million things going on in my head. And, and Casey's really good at just Bring honing it in and going bang, bang, bang. And so she kind of honed down um, all the things that I was sort of re- unpacking stuff in my own life in, a, in a four things. And it was like super helpful. Uh, and so I might just kind of share those a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. Um, but, um, but the first one um, was essentially around uh, so I'd always, I've always, what, I've always prided myself on my loyalty. Um, and I think that's because of how I grew up, a lot of people leaving, a lot of rejection, a lot of that. And so I, from a young age, was like, I'm never going to leave. You know, so whatever I've done, I've always stuck with it. I've got friends from many years ago. If I take something on, I hold on to it, and probably to an unhealthy extent at times. And to the point where any sort of leaving represented something bad for me because I'd only ever seen bad leaving, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so if someone said, what's a strength? What's your greatest strength? I would have said loyalty. And I remember it was – I think it was January 1st last year, uh, and I've got a big chalkboard in my, in my garage office. I've just got a kind of prayer space thing, and, and I – was writing on and I was feeling really dejected. I thought, I'm going to write down the things that I think, you know, I do have going for me, you know, that I'm reading. So I wrote down loyalty and, and straight away, probably, you know, as audible as I've ever heard from God, just in, in my spirit, I got this sense of I'd, I'd never asked for loyalty. I asked for faithfulness. Hmm. And it was like a kick in the guts because I'm like, that's the one thing I feel I've got going for me. God. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, it took me down this rabbit hole and I did a word study on loyalty and a word study on faithfulness and, and just realizing that, that ne- so we see loyalty in the Bible, like loyalty to each other and, you know, Jonathan was loyal to David and things, but we never see God asking us to be loyal. We, are, we see God asking us to be faithful. Right. Right. And as I unpacked it, it was like this, this journey of going, Loyalty is about a person, an organisation, a creed, a particular, you know, whatever that might be, whereas faithfulness is simply about being who and being where God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, far out, because there's so much identity tied with sticking to something and staying. And so... So that first pillar was God desires faithfulness over loyalty. Sort of saying that loyalty in different areas of life is bad, but when it comes to our pursuit of God or when it comes to who we are and where we are, it's about faithfulness. Because everyone around us could could completely misunderstand, and, and I feel that at times in this journey, completely must misunderstand where we are. But if I can stand confidently, go, I know I am who and where God has called me to be, that's, that's faithfulness. Obviously, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Loyalty yep. isn't. That's amazing. So that was kind of that first, back to that onion illustration, yep. first sort of peel of going, okay, almost permission to leave. Like just permission, just going, hey, that's a possibility. You, you can do that and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and so that was like this. And I remember talking to um, our previous senior pastor who's like a, 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 a spiritual father for me, the most kind of father figure I've ever had and, and sharing this with him and him releasing me as well and going, mate, like, You've been faithful. If, if God is calling you out, that's, you know, I back you 100%. And that was a, a beautiful, holy moment. And I'm so grateful for, for his graciousness in that. Um, but that was the first one, faithfulness over loyalty. And it was just it was big. Um, and then I shifted into this. I was driving home from work one day, which, you know, it's only two minutes, you know, where my house is from the church, two-minute drive. So it's not much time to think and ponder and pray. But I had this sense of, like, when was the last time – I felt stuck in a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Like I love 
our church. I love the people. I've got an amazing team. I've got like, it's a beautiful church. It's, 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 the word of God is going out from there to people everywhere. Like, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There's, not, there's not much conflict more than your average people interaction. But, yeah. And I'm like, but when have I felt this sense of being stuck in a good thing? And I remembered early on in my, my Christian walk, I'd, I'd started dating this girl at church. And, you know, it was the first relationship that was kind of healthy and, yeah. you know, had its struggles or whatever. But, you know, relatively healthy relationship and trying to put God first on all these things. And, and I remember very early on feeling like, kind of trapped in this thing, but looking going, she's a beautiful girl. She's got a beautiful family. She loves Jesus. We're honoring God. Like, this is a good thing. It all looks good on paper. I must be, I must be dysfunctional because yeah. I'm, and I remember even seeking counsel from some, some people in leadership and saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling about this relationship. And, and you know, them in their, um, you know, the right heart said, look, you've, you've come from a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of commitment issues in your family. This is probably that you need to stick it out. I end up staying with this girl for 12 months and, and really hurting her in the end because I, like, I was like, this, I'm just not, I'm not there. And I had to come to that place. And obviously I'm really grateful I did because, you know, um, it'd be weird if I wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but, and God sort of downloaded that in a moment. I hadn't thought about that for, for 15 years. But to sort of download this whole thing. And I was like, that's how I feel. I look around, everything's good. Yeah. And, and, you know, you could tick all the boxes and go, this is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, there's this unsettledness in my spirit. And the longer I hold on, oh, and, and that was it. The, so what, what I'd seen built, I think, from back then was this sense that God's, if, if, if I feel God's put something on my heart, but, but you, Sean, come in and say, well, this is what I'm seeing. And in contrast with that, over the years, I would have always said, well, surely Sean's hearing more from God than I am. And again, mm-hmm. it comes from dysfunction growing up and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so realizing this undercurrent in me that, um, that, that God speaks to everyone else and whatever I have must be trumped by someone who I, who I respect. And, and realizing in that moment, like, no, like, God is speaking to me. Like, I can trust his, his words for me. And, and so that was the second pillar, just going, hey, like, I've got, to, I've got to trust that God is speaking and he's speaking to me and I've got to, you know, live from that, that place of conviction. And um, it's an obvious one, but it was really foundational for me. And it was mm-hmm. like it, it all sort of downloaded in that couple-minute drive of just going far out. Like, I've been in this place before where something's really good but I, I just don't feel right. And I listened to a lot of people who said, no, it's good, it's good. And then ultimately had to go, no, hang on, I think I'm hearing from God and then step out. So that, that sense of really hearing from God. Uh, the third thing God showed me was around um, um, just value. I've, I've always had this, this, this fear that somehow I've, I've hoodwinked this little corner of the world. In, in the Hawkesbury, in, in, you know, northwest Sydney, that you somehow they, they see this stuff in me. And, but if I step outside of that, that value isn't there. They don't actually have, mm. like Phil Evans doesn't have a place anywhere mm. in the world outside of that community. Mm. You know, up until I, I connected in there, I didn't feel value. You know, mm. that was the place where people identify gifts, spoke life into me and, and yep. really began, I began to realise that, hang on, I had something to offer the mm. world. That's where I got opportunities. That's where all those sorts of things. Whereas yeah. previously I was, a, I was a grunt, you know, who was in the way most of the time in most, most situations. But all of a sudden there was this value. But I've, 
so I've always had this this fear. What if I step out of here? What if what if there's what if this is just this little oasis yeah, where yeah. Phil has something to offer and then outside of here it's like well, actually this guy's a joke, you know? Yeah. Um, and so the third pillar was around um, wherever God is unvalued. Again, super simple, but just that sense of value comes from God. Um, because of a lot of the unhealthy attachment stuff I think I put on that community because I, I didn't have my family around at all when I connected in there and, and I found family um, and I, I really attached myself in that way at, a, at, a, at that young age. Uh, and, and what that did was it meant that there was so much desire to, to please those people and to, you know, mm. um, and so, but yeah, coming to that place of going, no, like my value and what I have to offer is, isn't determined by man. I love how, you know, um, so many of the, the epistles open with like, you know, Paul, you know, chosen by God um, mm-hmm. as an apostle, you know, like that mm-hmm. idea that I'm not appointed by man, yeah. you know, and, yep. and that does like to that. negate the accountability and all that sort of stuff. But, um, so that was that third one. And then the fourth one was simply like, and Sean, I'm sure you can relate to this, like, you know, Sunday morning rolls around, you've got to get up and say something. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, what we're, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a professional aspect to how we do our, our faith. Yeah. Um, it can roll into all our devotional times where it's like, okay, I'm sitting with God right now, but I've also got a message to preach in two days' time. And so yep. what I'm reading here, I'm trying to figure out how I'm applying it there because, um, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and just really like, I want to. I want to live. I want to love. I want to lead from a place of like genuine, authentic encounter with God, like intimate relationship with God, not not obligation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's times we've got to grin and bear it, and we just grit our teeth. You know, we're we're stepping up, but but even that, I want that to to flow from this real sense of, um, you know, godly shaping and forming something. And and I just felt like, hey, it's, that's if I'm real honest here, like it had been a while since I'd, I'd stood up and, you know, had, had taught from a place of really going, you know, this is something that God is sort of working in me, revealing in me at the same time, you know, and, and I've always tried to lead and teach really authentically and I, and sometimes probably to a fault where I'll, I'll, share, I'll maybe overshare in those spaces. Mm-hmm. But I felt even that had slipped where I was kind of going through the motions. I'm like, you know what? I want to live, love, and lead as a father, as a pastor, as a husband, as a friend, whatever it might be, from a place of authentic encounter with God, not not obligation, not because I have to show up there at that time. Yeah. And realizing that, you know, from when I kind of came to faith, I was pretty much in leadership pretty quick. Mm, right. And you guys can probably relate to that mm-hmm, as yeah. well. And it's like, just even in this season of being able to open the Bible for me, my wife, and my kids, yeah. and how selfish that felt for me of going wow that's that's selfish but then like to have that season of the only reason that, that I'm opening the word of God simply to sit with my father to be a better father to be a better husband now I don't want to do that for the next 50 years that would get stale and stagnant like yeah. I, I, but, but even in this season at least three or four months now just to be able to and I'm not thinking about the next program or the next preaching series or, mm-hmm. or these, all these pastoral care stuff. It's like, and again, this is where I, I feel vulnerable. It could feel like a cop-out. Like, yeah, it's hard, stick with it. But I'm like, just, I realised I never, I don't think I'd ever really opened the Bible without a responsibility for a significant mm-hmm. amount of people. Hey, yeah. it's, and, listen, what you're yeah. saying is very, very true. You know, because you get you can get so caught up and, and everything has to do with that next yeah. Sunday or that next message and, and you don't have that time to sit back and 
just open the word and just read it. Dude, so true. Yeah. You could talk. I mean, you, you're. I mean, you're in full time. No, I mean he's right. I mean, ministry as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's probably many that go through this stuff too, and maybe feel like it's uh, foreign territory. Um, but it's something where it, it ha- you have to be open to God's voice, right? And hearing God's voice. I like what you said earlier. It's like there's a lot of godly people around us, people that have callings upon their life. And they might even say, I see you doing this. I think you should be doing this. Hey, I see you. um, You're very gifted at this. But you also can't deny where God's leading you in your heart. You know, and so that's why you have to make you have to be open to make changes, whether it's from small things or big things. I know small things for me, like was serving in high school ministry with Scott Salomon, who's a close friend of mine and just Mm. always there, always there, always there. Start up. Then it was like not wrong. It's a good thing. I, I almost felt bad for not wanting to do it any, anymore, but it was a right decision because mm-hmm. what it did was it moved me past that. God opened up a door for a different opportunity. Yep. And there's other things like Friday nights. Like we, I closed Friday nights about a, a year ago. That was probably it was really a, hard, it, yeah. it was a prompting in my heart. Yeah. Taught 10 years. Now, if yeah. I had just kept it open just so I could teach every Friday night and like yeah. I'd do it because that's what I do. Yeah. But I had the same thing too where I was like I was kind of wrestling with it probably for about a year. And then I just flowed through it and just continued doing it. But as it came through another section, I was just like, I knew. Like, this was the end time. People were saying, no, keep it open. You even have a good night at the fi- the final one. They're like, dude, you got to keep it open. But I had to continue just listening to the voice of God because I could do that for the next 30 years. But is that really where God wants me to? You know, I, I, Ministry doesn't exist for, for myself. Or for you, or for you. It's just like, it's for God's people, and there's seasons of life, there's seasons of ministry, things change, you got to be open for it. And even from that, like, my, I went from teaching, you know, at least once a week, but more, twice a week. I still teach about that, you know, because I guess we can do different things for some of the other guys. But then there's a lull sometimes for a couple of weeks, and so it's a, just a different shift and change. But like, even myself, and then you get caught up in other responsibilities. Our, our church has been hurt, hit pretty hard, so mm-hmm. it's I've been ha- having to focus on a lot of organization and administration yeah. stuff at this time. So it's still kind of like swimming through murky water sometimes, trying to uh, be sensitive to God's voice, know the calling. At the end of the day, as you, you said, like you're right, like all of us got into ministry pretty early as far mm-hmm. as once God got a hold of our life, mm-hmm. you're full blown and it's like it's go time sundays are just done you know yeah. like this is your, your lifestyle i mean before you know it 18 I, i'm 18 years too 20 years it goes by like that yeah. you know and always really and your kids are growing up my kids are growing up and i'm just like worlds change that's a big thing too right i'm sure that's in, into your prayer life yeah, with sure. everything it's like is my life that you pulled me out of darkness you know, showered me with your wonderful light. Did no doubt did an amazing work in my life. At the end of the day, we as pastors, leaders, you do a lot of funerals. You know, so it's just like when my day comes, did I complete the race that God had for me? Did I leave my mark? Did I leave my the, the legacy in my children's life, in my wife's life, and those that knew me? Was it of value? Was it effective? Like, and again, it's not about myself. It's just about like what God's given to you. And just being sensitive, yep. and, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, you know, I think it's just con- reassessing. It's it's the constant reassessing. 
constant reassessing and, and figuring out where God has you. You know, that's mm-hmm. the whole, that's, I think that's, I think everyone can relate to that because it's just, just the busyness of, of life, ministry and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so closing, we have like seven minutes left. What would, what would be some, uh, life application stuff you would, you would want to give to the, uh, just some like last thoughts that you would like to give to the listener. Say they're in a place right now where, where uh, maybe you are or they're just trying, they want more from God. Mm. What would be some, some things that you would want to leave them with? Mm. A few afterthoughts. And you, if you have anything as well. Yeah. yeah. I think that what I started with that, like Jesus, I'm here. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, it, in that space of complete, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here in the midst of the chaos of my mind. I'm here in the midst of the chaos of my life, mm. the uncertainty of the world. I'm here with my kids in the next room, blowing up or sitting on the back of my head while I'm trying to get that. Jesus, I'm here. Yeah. You know, with whatever else is going on, like we all love the romantic idea of sitting by an open fire every morning and seeking God in solitude. But the reality, yeah. that's not life. You yeah, know? exactly. And so that has just been such a powerful tool. Mm. And, and to come to the place where some days... Like, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you know, there's, a, there's a million different ways I, I open the word each day. Not a million, but, you know, like, listen to yeah. it in the car and driving or whatever. But, but sometimes just to sit and say, Jesus, I'm here, and, and that he, he delights in that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, like, like I said, like, journaling has so been ba- a big part of – I'm sorry. It's so yeah. basic. Yeah. It is. It's so basic, but yet we overcomplicate things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the other thing I'd say is like, I think we're often blinded to the way God has shaped us because it comes relatively easily to us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've talked about schools and, 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 and reaching out to people who are on the fringe, who are, who are outside the, the kind of mainstream, even not just mainstream church, but mainstream culture. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and, and you know we we do a lot of I do a lot of work in in prisons and, and things like that and and coming to a place of realizing hang on there's something really unique in how God has shaped me where I see fruit in that space and that doesn't it doesn't phase me to walk into a maximum security prison and sit with a twenty bloke who could murder you in three and a half seconds yeah it doesn't phase me in fact I I get excited about it but it's taken me a long time to realize there's a lot of people who that is absolutely terrifying yeah <laughs> and so yeah. And just go, you know what, well, like, so allowing other people who, who really know you to, to speak into to it and to help you see those things you're probably blind to because of how easy they've come to you. Yeah. And go, what is it? And, that, and that's a big part of our journey is like, I, I can do the pastor thing and I'm, I'm sure that there'll come a time in my life where I'll, I'll be a senior pastor again. Like, but in this season, it's like there's some things that, that just make me come alive, you yeah, know. Like yeah. even even the Husos people talk when I talk about the Husos, people see like that, that, even now, like there's a shift in my body language mm-hmm. when I start talking about those things, and that's what so often where we, what we need to press into. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, I'd, yeah, I just encourage people to to sit in that space, Jesus, I'm here, mm-hmm. and then to to really seek Him for those mm-hmm. those areas of our life where we truly come alive, and that's not. That's not the personal ambition stuff because God has, has created us and formed us and, and given us gifts. And, you know, like you're a great example, Ryan. Like the, the, the things that God uses now for his kingdom were things that 
you were doing yeah. in the, for the world yeah. previously and now using them for the kingdom because that's how part of how God shaped you, you right. know. Um, and, and so uncovering those things and, yeah, just just being excited about simply being with, with Jesus and, and allowing his word to, to shape and mold every, everything we do. So. so simply being with Jesus for yep. the listener. Yep. Um, that's basically creating a space in your li- time in your life to just be like, God, here I am. Yep. Like, here I am. I got no agenda. Yep. Like, literally, what do you want to do with me? Yep. And spend that time reading the Bible. Listening to worship and yep. waiting. Waiting could be days, months, years, or whatever. You know, you're just kind of waiting for him, for his direction, and say, okay, God, confirm with me what, what you want me to do and lead me. And he'll use people to speak into your life and look for confirmations. You know, yep. don't just go off like, well, this guy said this, and I'm just going to go do it. You know, but like, he'll speak to you. Wait for those confirmations. This has been the Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for the Ryan Reese Show. You're talking about that. you got to think of the the Mary and Martha um, example that's there, right? Because Martha was doing a lot of stuff, you know, and her service wasn't bad, but... Uh, Mary, Jesus said, took the most important thing, and that's just sitting at his feet. Mm-hmm. And that example like, an, is a good one for ministry because a lot of times it's very easy. And we've seen this. I think all of us are, can be guilty of this. People that serve in ministry can be guilty of this, where you replace your, your worship of God with your service to God. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, I'm, and before you know it, you get so busy. You know, like we kind of like, like God here, must be really be proud like of. We me. encourage, yeah. and it's not to have rules and regulations on the people that serve here, but it's like we encourage them to go to church twice a week, where you're just receiving, like yeah. Sunday morning, Wednesday night. It just helps because and it should be you no know, like, where's the pastor teaching, whatever for you. Just like when you came to the Lord, like you came to church without any agenda. You came so to to hear God speak to you and direct your life, and so that's that's important. You got to be able to to know. Um, when you're just getting distracted and being busy with a lot of stuff, when you're not receiving, that will eventually come up to, to get you. So, like, always, no matter where you're at, full-time ministry, you know, different seasons or whatever, it's the importance of receiving. That's what the Lord desires us, because He doesn't need us to do ministry. He gives us the opportunity. That's the, it. The balance is to be a Mary and a Martha mm-hmm. in one. Yeah. Because yeah. if you have that, then you're spending that time, which is the most important thing, but then you're full sending and doing ministry. It's the Mary and Martha. But then there's all obviously seasons like, like Jesus, like going back to what you originally said, Jesus went to the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness and he was there and he was praying and waiting on God. So that's also very important. Yeah. Fasting and praying. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And Satan came to mess with him, but he fasted, prayed, he defeated him through the word of God. And then God used him to launch this powerful ministry of Jesus' ministry, uh, three years on um, tonight. We'll be back, or we're done with the show. Uh, <laughs> peace. <laughs> <laughs>
A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.